Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Either way, uh, either way, let's uh, let's uh, hold that thought and uh, speak to Tembisa Fakuda. He's a senior researcher and a director of Afro. So we wanted to understand and uh, get an update on the United Nations summit. Uh, talk a little bit about Cuba. Talk a little bit about Zimbabwe, which of course was uh, the subject of President Ramaphosa's speech. For whatever reason, Tabisa Fakuda, good morning. Thanks for joining us once again. How are good you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. A great a pleasure. So, uh, look, he did all the right things, shook all the right hands. That was positive. Then proceeded to tell the world that they need to act and shouldn't just sit around uh, paying for wars. Uh, quite rich coming from uh, from uh, Prince Hamlet, the Lord of Inaction. Oh, yes, uh, he was quite. Uh, but these are all low-hanging, uh, uh, normal discussions that wouldn't have uh, attracted any reaction. I mean, the um, the Democrats under the pres- under President Obama initiated uh, a number of um, projects with Cuba with an intention of normalizing relations. So that landed on uh, on, on good ears mm. uh, when Serena Pose spoke. Joe Biden was unlikely to be offended by the Cubans. The only thing, of course, that was quite surprising and offended a lot of Zimbabweans who are continually oppressed by the um, the regime in that country was him continuing to be a foot soldier and a lobbyist for the oppressive regime of Emerson and Nanguagua. Um, both SADC and the European Union observer missions condemned those elections. The Zimbabweans are continually being oppressed and harassed by their own government. And we have our own president who went to um, actually speak on behalf of MSN and Nangagwa. When the inauguration happened after the, those elections, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, mm, mm. only three out of 17 of SADC leaders went there, and he was one of them. So it's quite another disappointment, as always been the case. Nothing really serious. Uh, he went on to speak about the inclusion in the United Nations Security Council, which is another disappointing move, given our weak borders and uh, ill-preparedness domestically. Um, you want to be in a club that decides who is and who dies, notwithstanding that you yourself are not even prepared to defend yourself. It's just it's just bizarre. I, I was like listening to that and thinking, you know, you, you we we have lost so much ground when we stand up and defend two regimes where people haven't had a free and fair election, both Cuba and Zimbabwe, urging the world to to remove sanctions. It it was uh, it, it was just I thought so pointless, so pointless. And then I re- thought to myself, well, uh, to some extent, the fact that nobody cares about what he says says it all, doesn't it? Because that's where we now stand internationally. It it was just almost irrelevant. Well, he's tone deaf. Uh, our president sort mm. of He goes and speaks. I mean. The entire Zimbabweans are aggrieved at the moment because of those elections that were not free and fair or do not meet the standards of free and fair elections. And they use the goals and, you know, protect basically defending Nangagwa. And that was, uh, for me, the biggest disappointment uh, that I've had. But, you know, even this whole insistence of us reforming the United Nations Security Council has got nothing to do with anything else except protecting Russia. I mean, who are we yeah, to go and yeah. be part of the United Nations Security Council? That's a very serious club. It decides on who lives and who dies. With our weaker borders and all of that, we might just offend certain people and they will come here uninvited and do certain things in retaliation. 
And uh, we can't even protect. We don't even know what's going on in, in, in central Johannesburg. And now we're punching way above our weight, calling for the uh, inclusion in the United Nations Security Council. So, you know, it's, it's a typical Cyril Ramaphosa taking an advantage of the situation. And by the way, the reason why he's doing what he's doing is because the alarm light on him is dimming. He was not invited to Hiroshima by the G7 mm, mm. Uh, because of various reasons. Uh, G20, where he used to be the only African leader, now he's competing with another uh, leadership from Africa, which is African Union. So you can see what the uh, international community is now regarding him. They're dimming the spotlight on him because it's been actually a disappointment. What's also interesting to me was his mention of Israel and Palestine, and and whereas everybody, of course, holds views on this and are fully entitled to to to, to differing views, it was interesting that that was a subject that he decided to bring up. He, he you know, in the same day, uh, Iran has just passed a law saying that women who uncover their hair in public will be subject to ten years in prison. We've seen the most terrible oppression of women, the persecution, human rights abuses from from Iran, Cuba, China. Russia, all of his friends, uh, but stands up and, sign, uh, and, and, and points out Israel. Now, Israel might be guilty of some things, and they might not be. That's irrelevant. Why would he choose one, uh, one country to demonize where, uh, and, and give Zimbabwe a free pass, Cuba a free pass, not mention Iran or, or, or anything else? It's, it's almost as though he, it was so, poorly scripted that it was designed it was it was written by somebody who who had really no no real global understanding well ANC uh, has three uh, uh, solidarity campaigns on its agenda and it's been this has been always been the case western sahara cuba and palestine so mm. You, we, we expected him to say that because that's, that gets repeated by everyone. All the mm. ANC leaders in the past have repeated Western Sahara, Cuba and Palestine. Mm. So it was, it was expected. But of course, you know, again, as you correctly say, he failed to condemn other nations that deserve to be condemned, including uh, Iran that continues to violate basic rights and, you know, sentenced to death. Uh, protesters simply because mm, they mm. protested against Maxamini, the girl who was killed after her head was mm, banged mm. against a police car for not wearing a job properly. He did not talk much. Would have, I would have expected him to mention all the coups that had taken place or have taken place, particularly in the Sahel. In, he did mention Sahel, but he didn't talk in depth about what happened in Gabon, what's happening in Burkina Faso, Mali, uh, and Niger, which are things that are supposed to be to be mentioned. And you know, this whole business of Whenever given a chance, they will uh, criticize Europeans and Americans, you know, punching way above their weight. But you never will hardly hear them, you know, criticizing Russia, which deserves to be criticized, or criticizing China mm. for its oppression of uh, of the Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang. You, you hardly hear of them doing that. But often you'll hear them very easy and comfortably talking about how horrible, you know, Europeans are and the Americans are. It's it's just uh, incredible. A great disappointment, Tempisa Fakuda. Thank you, as always, uh, giving us his view uh, of the situation of the of the politics and uh, the statements made. Tempisa Fakuda, senior research researcher and director at AFRICID.